and welcome to the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. So what's it all about? If you love listening to inspiring and fascinating stories, you are in the right place. We love chatting with interesting people, people with stories to tell. In each episode, we will be sharing true stories told by real people. We believe that stories should last forever, and our mission is to keep stories alive by sharing them. We hope you enjoy it. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life to be shared with future generations. With your host, Larissa Lima. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. In today's episode, we speak to an enthusiastic children's author who have taught us to always have a great sense of humor. So with no further ado, let's get started with Peter Grogan. Hello, Peter. I'm very honored to have you on the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. How are you today? All good. Delighted to join you. Amazing. So let's get started. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you originally from. Originally born in County Limerick, which is south of the Midlands in the province. Ireland is divided up into four provinces, as you know. Yeah. Uh, you're in Leinster, I hope. Is it around Dublin? You are, yeah, is it? exactly. Uh, down in Munster, the county of Limerick. Uh, born there. And when my father got ill when I was a child, my mother brought the family down to her home place, which is down in County Kerry. And uh, we were down there as ch as children. And I'm glad she picked Kerry because it is the most idyllic place in the world. It is. It's so beautiful. I have so many friends from Kerry and uh, I've been there a few times. It's so nice. So do you have a favorite childhood memory to share with us today? A favorite childhood memory? Um, my recall is good. But I would say a couple of things that stand out is I can remember uh, on, on a sad note, I can remember when my father passed away that my mother uh, asked me to come in from the kitchen into the sitting room where he was laid out to say goodbye to your dad. Yeah. And um, there were people, there were people lined up or sitting down in the, in the, in the room. And one woman who never visited my father when he was ill said, oh, the poor little devil, he doesn't understand. Yeah. And it always stuck with me because I did understand. And what she didn't understand was that when my mother needed help and when my mother needed people to visit her, that woman who passed a comment about me wasn't there. That's the sad side. Uh, and it's a comment that just stuck with me. So it is very, very important to appreciate people and know when they are in need of help. Uh, on the good side, um, when my mother came out of her total year of grieving, of not going anywhere, one literally calendar year, we used to go to the cinema, a small place that it was in Carcevine, and uh, to bring us up to a, a, an anime community. In those days, all films were literally visible, as in there was no 12s and 18s and whatever. So there'd be family films, and we'd go to the cinema, and there was a great sense of um, I suppose family yeah. with either myself and my mother there on our own or with my other two brothers. Uh, I was her favorite for obvious reasons, but uh, <laughs> there were there were there were good days. Yeah. And I can my first trip out of Kerry with my mother. I think I was on my own in the train with her and we stopped in Mallow, uh, changed trains to go to her sister in Waterford. And will you be a good boy now? She said to me. 
in other words, like, I mean, this is a nice trip and she's on her own and she's rearing three kids. Uh, and uh, of course I will, says I. And, uh, but she, we, she had three children. She did a fantastic job in rearing one of them. The other two. <laughs> and the one of them, it's you. It's the best one. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> That's lovely. It's so nice those memories get stuck with us and just remind us who we were and where we came from. That's so nice. Thank you so much for sharing. Not at all. Not at all. So speaking of our childhood, uh, you're also a children's author. So tell me a little bit about how this passion started. Um, I, I was teaching all my life and I suppose I would have been known as in school uh, a less strict teacher than others that I, they would, if you know my meaning, that I would, they would have a bit of crack with Mr. Grogan. <laughs> but at the same time, they knew their boundaries and there was discipline. Uh, but it was, a, it was, it was easy, shall I say. But I always loved giving the kids a break from where they came from. Some people came from deprived homes, some came from happy homes. Who am I to say? They may have come from a mansion and would have been miserable. Yeah. But I think I always thought it's my job to to bring them in, to cheer them up and send them home smiling. Oh, so awesome. while we did the the necessary subjects, I also em emphasized, we'll say, music, uh, maybe chart music that they wouldn't hear from the teacher next door or a bizarre story that happened to me, uh, poetry, prose, just opening them up, a film that I went to that they should see, that kind of thing. So I always wanted to spark the imagination. And it, it, the, while I, you never know at the time how well you're succeeding, it's when you see the past pupils and you meet the past pupils and you say, have you any happy memories of whatever? And they would say the most bizarre things to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in the last six months, um, I would have met with say four or five past pupils. One of them remembered when I danced on the table <laughs> and I have a V and all the English and all the Irish and all the history and all the geography gone. But they remembered when I danced on the table and little comments that I said uh, when I retired, they gave me a photograph of myself and around the edges of the photograph were comments that I used passed to them. Oh. And uh, it was very thoughtful of them to do that. It was just getting their own back, shall we say little snide comments, half sarcastic, half funny, but they they twigged my humor. Let's put it that way. They are young adults. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, the, yeah so yes, to, to answer your question, I always wanted to spark their imagination and I would give them novels to read. I would give them novels to write. They took it very, very, uh, very, very seriously. They would, I would give them, we'll say, two or three months to write their own novel, as in months, and they could add photographs or drawings, and some of them would have a miserable effort, but it was their effort, so you praised it, and yeah. some of them would go to the ends of the earth. Some of them would get their parents to write it, and that was obvious, but you had to praise those as well. Yeah. But look, um, that was it. I mean, I think the kids that came into my class um, had fun for the year, had yeah. fun for the year. I wrote the book, to teach children that uh, on the elderly couple that are in the book, they lived and they died for one another and they would do anything for each other. That's the most important thing, that she had his backing silently, um, no matter what 
she was going to do, uh, which is to try and get reindeer from Wicklow to the North Pole to help Santa Claus. Bizarre. And she, he thought it was crazy, but he still went with it. And on another level, with the reindeer who magically could speak when they got to, to Lapland and to help Santa, that you had the timid, you had the boisterous, you had the confident, uh, you had the bully, you had the victim, and that bullying doesn't work. Yeah. You have to stand up against it and to watch out for the vulnerable. And there were there are vulnerable all around us. And as Robin Williams said, everybody that you meet in life every day are fighting a battle that we know nothing about. And that, I hope, comes across in the book. Definitely, definitely. That's so nice. I saw a quote on your website that says, the thought of a young reader now wanting to put my book down. Wow, that's an honor. And just show how much love you have for it. And that's so nice. Thank you. A photograph that a friend of mine sent to me, she was a teacher friend of mine. When the book came out, uh, teachers, some of the teachers, some of my friends came along to the launch. And uh, so the book was in this particular house. And my teacher friend was dying to read it because she said there will be a bit of pattern and there will be that adult sense of humor. There will be the yeah. whatever. And she was dying to read it. But her son, who was about, um, he would have been seven or eight, he went up to bed and he took the book with him. So now that he's asleep, <laughs> she sneaked up to his bedroom. I have the photograph to prove it and peeped in the door, no sign of the book because lights out half past nine and that was it, you go to sleep. She couldn't find the book. She went back up to the bedroom again and she saw this little bulge under the duvet and she pulled back the duvet and he had a Davy lamp. Do you know these little band with a lamp on it? Yeah. And he's under the duvet reading the book. <laughs> oh my God, that's so Priceless nice. photograph. Priceless oh. photo. Ollie was the young fella's name, Ollie Smeaton and his lovely mother, uh, Aoife Smeaton, absolutely. Very, right. very nice. So the first time I spoke to you, I thought it was very funny that I was explaining to you what Clockbox was all about. And you told me that you believe that someday someone would create an app to allow people to live forever. And it's exactly what Clockbox does. It allows us to, allows people to stay connected forever, no matter what. So just to get a little bit more insights about yourself, let's say you are creating a time capsule for you now and we're setting the release time for 50 years. What would you want into your time capsule to describe who you are? Would you like to pass on your legacy and never be forgotten? Download an easy guide on how to create a digital time capsule from this podcast description and save your memories forever for future generations. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life. Look at we're only passing through here. I would just like that if somebody met me in life, they were the better for it. Yeah. And if we can uplift people for a millisecond, for a lifetime, for a week, but if people are the better for meeting them, um, that's all you want. And if people have met me and said, yeah, he was a bit of fun, a bit of a pain in the arse at times, but um, to be better for meeting somebody, because you all know that if you're walking down the street, you could nearly go to the other side of the road if you meet certain people up along there and pretend to be on your phone 
or you're, you'd go across the road to meet other people and say, how are you and how's life and whatever. Uh, yeah. And I think to have an interest in other people's lives is vital. That's There's no point in asking somebody, how are you, if you're not wait, willing to give them the time to wait for their answer. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And what would you say, like, would you have like memories uh, and specific memories or stories or like pictures, letters that would you, if you show it to a person, would describe who you are? I mean, we all have the photographs and the family and our own two children that we have and my wife, Eileen, Simon and Amanda. You live for them. Yes. You would die for them. And those memories are there, be it in the mind. Or, and that is what's so awful about people who lose their memory with dementia and Alzheimer's, that they lose the recall of the happy memories. And you're living with somebody that has already died. Yes. And they're there and they're staring at a TV or staring at a wall and fleetingly coming back. So it's to make the most of every single second. Make the most of every single second. Yeah. A hundred percent. Would you have a person they would like to receive like whose time capsule would you like to receive like let's say perhaps your father's or friend of yours that's not with you anymore but you would like to have another contact with them again in a way i mean i never knew my father as such like i mean he was ill he got a brain tumor uh when i was probably two um the week after he got promotion in his job so promotion to me never bothered me. Um, um, yeah, my father, he was an extraordinary man, according to my mother, but she loved him and she said that anyway. But uh, <laughs> I've also met other people who met him. Um, I was doing a golf tour of Ireland some years ago, and we went into a church in County Tipperary where he used work. Now he died when he was 45, he had a brain tumor when he was 39. And uh, went into the church, elderly man, up at the top of the church a half an hour before mass began with his prayer book. And uh, I went in and I was just going to say, do you know, did you ever hear of a Peter Grogan? And he looked at me scornfully and sort of closed his book saying, you shouldn't be talking in here. So out of the church and uh, I said, sorry for bothering you in the middle of your prayers, I said. But um, I said, would you have known, because he worked here in the railway station, would you have known a Peter Grogan? He worked on the railway, he was station master here for a couple of weeks, but worked on the, and uh, he, of all the people, he knew my father. That's nice. He, he, he was with my father when he was painting a wall and he fell off the ladder only three or four steps because oh. he got some seizure in his brain. And that was the start of his problems. And whatever way he fell, he gripped the paintbrush and they could not, extricate the paintbrush from his hand right into the hospital. He drove my father to the hospital in Limerick and the, the brush was there because of the grip and uh, and things got worse and he passed away. My mother nursed him for six years then down in Kerry and I said, what kind of a man was he? Because you knew him and so on and he said he had the driest sense of humour that I ever met. He said, you never knew whether he was serious or not. <laughs> and yeah. I rest my case. I'm probably like him to a degree. <laughs> uh, my mother was an extraordinary woman. Uh, she reared, as I said, three of us. She nursed him and was always so full of praise for my father. 
always. And she was very caring to the neighbors around her, even her widowhood. And she'd bring people into her house at Christmas time. And there's an elderly lady over there and she'd come in for Christmas dinner. The elderly lady across the road was younger than her. So she, she this age thing, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, I would, yeah, to make contact with your parents and to say, well, what did you think of this? And what did you think of that? And to thank them for rearing me the best of the three children that she had. No doubt about that. That's very nice. Thank you so much. So one final question for you. What would you say was the most important thing that you've learned in life? I have a sense of humor. <laughs> yes, that's a very good one. <laughs> Even in the darkest of times, to have a sense of humor and to know, to know, uh, you'd say cheeky things to people at times. There's a friend of mine sick at the moment seriously sick and he's put up every shelf in my house and uh i'd knocked a, a laugh out of him because i said no i better not say that i said pat i have a load of shelves from my from my cds and albums to put up yet voices <laughs> will get around to that and i think it's rather than going oh my god you are going to die um i to, to me able to you know within reason to have a dark sense of humor a dry sense of humor And to, there's humor everywhere. Yes. There's humor everywhere. And if it cheers people up, it was it's worth trying it. That's very nice. That's very nice. Thank you so much, Peter. It was a pleasure to get to know you a little bit and share some of your wisdom and life story in the Stars for Tomorrow podcast. It was an honor. Thank you so much. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Mind yourself. Have a cup of coffee. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Stories for Tomorrow. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life to be shared with future generations. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.